Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan, and we got a special guest today again. Hi, I'm Wes Winton. He was on a hundred or so episodes ago. I don't know how else to say when the last time you were on was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a very cold and dark Christmas a couple years ago. It was. It's right. It was Christmas Eve, like one or two years, or probably two years ago by this point. And we wanted to get you on for a while. We were so happy to get you on on that episode. I think actually the episode was called Take the Road West. I think oh, was no. the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. We had a creative title for that. <laughs> and then, and then like, we, it was just like, you know, we try and get you on, but it's just like, there's always like something kind of in the, you know, just life. But now just like, I like what we said, like, we're doing a Roadhouse episode. Like, that's happening. We're, we're there for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't. I'm really, actually, my whole week has just been about Roadhouse, um, knowing that I was going to do this, like looking up silly fun facts. And then, like, we did the uh, the old school cable TV, TBS dinner and a movie this morning. So I, like, made pancakes and, like, turkey bacon for Patrick Swayze because he's so shredded <laughs> that he doesn't eat regular <laughs> bacon, obviously. And so, yeah, we, like, ate breakfast and watched the movie, and now we're uh, we're going to talk about it. And a bunch of people came over to ha- have breakfast and watch Roadhouse, too. So it's kind of like a little bit of an event. It's kind of Roadhouse. It's one of those movies that's just such a superior movie, which really throws me off for the fact that it's got so many, like, negative reviews, too, throughout life. It's just, like, there's a lot oh, of hate towards it, but then there's also a lot of love. It's this weird thing because it's, like... I saw it when I was kind of doing some of my research. It's like, it's on, like, you know, the top 100 cheesiest movies, the top 100 stupidest movies, the top 100. It's like, what? It's Road. How could you not, like, like, when I watch that, I don't see cheesiness. I don't see silliness. I just see a really badass action movie. Oh, most definitely. I, uh, well, I feel like Shakespeare in his day, people said that uh, he lowered the bar for a lot of people, too. And, you know, those people were all really, really wrong, as I'm sure that history will prove of all of Roadhouse's critics as well. <laughs> Well, I think one of the Rolling Stones' first critics said, like, on their first album, these guys will never have another album. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, shoot, Led Zeppelin is called Led Zeppelin because a critic, like, said their album sank faster than a Led Zeppelin. Like, oh. so they changed their name to Led Zeppelin because they're like, that's badass, I eh? wish I knew that. Yeah. I really like that idea. Well, I'll say this. Here, here's the thing. I'm not going to be the one guy like, come on, guys. It is, I'm not going to be that guy. I will say I think this movie had a big comeback because people – I think it's a handful of things. I think people made it and talked about it like it was so bad that when people finally saw it, like, oh, that wasn't so bad at all. And then other people – there is – to me, I think there is – a little bit of just there's so much action and there is so much like that machismo and so much tough guy shit in the movie that I think some people like this kind of generation of a, of an audience has trouble taking that in and taking it seriously. Cause the movie's very deadpan. There's some like things. It's just so straight face, even like on the lines, like I heard he had balls big enough to fill a dumpster, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. So <laughs> it's like our dump truck, you know? And it's just like, they always say like these, some of these really ridiculous sides is totally straight face. And that is so much in, in all honesty. And I don't mean this in a shitty way. That's so much just more funnier and enjoyable than being kind of like, well, you got balls big enough to fill a dumpster, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's also too, which I think, 
the people that originally gave it negative reviews, because Leonard Maltin doesn't like this movie, which I always remember that. There's three movies in the 80s that I consider pretty much perfect movies, and Leonard Maltin didn't like any of them. And that's this movie, Blade Runner, and Scarface. And he doesn't like uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, yeah, because that's another 80s movie. No, not an 80s movie. I'm just saying that's, that's another movie. Like, hey, it's not your thing, okay? But to say it's awful, it's really? You know? Yeah, that really surprised me because it's such like a... I mean, they're all awesome movies, but just awesome for different reasons. So just like he doesn't have taste at all, period. Like, he, if you can't win with one of those three movies, you're just not going to win. I, I think it's just sometimes with the older those kind of critics get to, the more bitter they get and everything like that. But this movie, too, it's like... I think, yeah, for the critics, I think... They didn't care about action movies, especially in the 80s. That wasn't their genre. I mean, they're these are the same people that probably wouldn't like Rambo, the same people that wouldn't like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and so on. And I think once this movie kind of got out and then it hit the home video market, mm-hmm. then you start getting all the action fans passing it around and people going, man, this is great. And even people that don't like action movies st- started getting into it. And then from this point on, it's kind of weird to even consider Roadhouse not being like a total classic movie. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things that it's it's hard to even to even rate Roadhouse because it seems like it's better than that. You know, like when a work of art is priceless, like you can't even buy it. It's just Roadhouse is like one of those things that just like it transcends genres, groups of people. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a bar last year, like went in to have a beer, like after seeing, <laughs> I had a really eighties night. I like saw Billy Joel and then fucking like went to this bar with Jill and they were playing Roadhouse. And we were just going to have one drink. We were there for like the entirety of the movie, along with like a bunch of other people at the bar who were all just like fucking like high five and talking about Roadhouse. Like it's it brings people together. And plus, it's like people talk all this shit on the movie. But really, whenever like on TBS and TNT, whenever ratings were down, they would put on Roadhouse. And it's like the most viewed like uh, movie they got in their rotation of like, you know, I mean, granted, it's edited down and all that. But that right there, there's this, this, it's kind of one of those things, I think it just, it's kind of like, sort of like a Blade Runner, kind of. It kind of found its audience later, because Blade, Blade Runner was critically panned when it first came out. But this, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, it's very different, very, it's very much its own thing. But um, like that, it just kind of found its audience like years later, kind of like a Mallrats even. Yeah, well, even technically Scarface was like that, too, because when that first came out, there was a lot of people like, oh, it's way too violent. Violent scares me. <laughs> and then, you know, look at it now. It's like you go fucking anywhere. And there's like a giant picture of like a poster of like Al Pacino on the fucking wall or something well, like that. Yeah, you know who owns the um, Def Jam owns the rights to Scarface right now, just to go off topic a little bit like they bought like so they bought it and then re-released it and. So all these rappers are like, yeah, Scarface, Scarface, Scarface. So like a record company actually just bought Scarface and now they own it. So every huh. time you see like a uh, blanket of Tony Montana in a flea market on a hundred dollar bill, a little bit of that came from Def Jam. <laughs> yeah, they, well, probably Russell not the Sims flea market one. That was probably yeah. literally made in some guy's oh, like man, no. basement in China. <laughs> flea market blankets are just the best thing ever. And a lot of people in the city don't understand that you can buy a flea market blanket on the side of the road in Sonora next to the cigarette shop. And that's like a real, it's a real thing. It's you know, right next to the, uh, right next to the blanket of Bob Marley and a native American standing in front of a full moon. Oh, it's the always, yeah, it's always Bob Marley. <laughs> and then a big Confederate flag. Yeah. They're like, it's, they're the same person. And Tony Montana, a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> I guess we could just start from the good old beginning. 1989 roadhouse, Patrick Swayze. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Pat 
Patrick Swayze is dumb. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. As a guy like you, end up a bouncer. Just lucky, I guess. Well, you know, a movie that was only made for, I think, like $11.5 million or something like that. Not a whole lot. Well, for that time period, still a little bit more. It made, you know, in theaters, I think it made like over $30 million in just the U.S. alone. So it's not like it's an unsuccessful movie. It's weird how they decide that. It's like, well, you know, it didn't make what I wish it made. Like, I want it to be a $100 million Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, eleven was that $11 million plus whatever they spent on marketing? I mean, I imagine marketing. Yeah, I'm not too sure. That. Sometimes I always just assume that, that they've grouped it all together, but you never know what they the marketing is yeah. the total toss-up one that nobody likes to either talk about or release. <laughs> no, yeah, because you spend that's like marketing costs an ungodly amount of money, like in comparison. Especially <laughs> back today. Oh, I know. I wonder what even. I don't even know what channels you'd put it out on. You like have to like have TV commercials with that really gravelly voiced '80s guy, <laughs> and like I don't know. Yeah, maybe you don't take out a newspaper ad for a theater movie. I don't know. It's a different well, time back then. Well, you know, then. you probably would back then had a newspaper ad. You think they used so? to have those big oh, fat ones in there that you'd open up the newspaper and then all of a sudden be like, come see this film. Oh, a quarter of yeah, the page. Well, you know, yeah. I guess they, yeah, on comic books, I still remember having a comic book when I was a kid that had like an Evil Dead, um, like a poster for the Evil Dead on the back. And I didn't know what the Evil Dead was till much later in life. And it like this clicked, like <laughs> this like link to my childhood. I was like, oh man, that's so wild. It's, like, it's like Evil Dead and then get some zebra striped gum. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, I remember, like there is uh, in this. We'll get to Roadhouse in a second. I remember in the Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comics, there was an ad for that. Like, look at these kids like kidnap their parents in the basement so they don't break up. Remember that? Remember that movie? We'll put the family back together. And one of the mean dads is played by Shooter McGiven. You know, because he's always a douche. And yeah, on the next Old Man Orange retrospects. Whatever that movie's called, yeah, where they just where they where the kids lock the parents in the basement and they get back together somehow. They get back. They're either gonna get back together or die trying. Man, eighties <laughs> kids, for one, all super smart. Like, have a really good idea of like people's like motivations and plotting. Two, they're all in great shape because they ride their bikes everywhere. Like their little like single speed bike can get you across Oregon. And they fit there. They fit in those jeans and those like tight polo shirts perfectly. Oh, I know. Yeah, '80s kids are definitely like the uh, they're the pinnacle of child of children in film. Mm-hmm. Like they're all yeah smart. The Kevin McAllisters of the world. Yeah, I just I just realized you were talking like, about children. I just realized we were talking about children. I just thought we meant '80s people in general. Like they fit in those jeans perfectly. Just imagine. That. Oh, just yeah. I thought that was a weird comment too about kids, but I was like, you know, that's. Whatever. He's probably going somewhere with it, hopefully. Apparently he likes children in tight pants. I thought we were just talking 80s people in general. I need to to drink more of this coffee. Oh, man, I wonder what Swayze looked like as a child. Red Dawn. Mm. He's not a child in that. He's only like five years before this movie. He looks a lot younger for whatever reason, though. He looks like he's like maybe... He's like what? Maybe, I mean... He's he's probably like like, like an 18-year-old. He's playing like an eighteen-year-old, but he looks young. He looks like he actually, he actually looks his age in that, like like around eighteen or so. Because we're just so 
we are trained to think that an 18 year old is in a 26 year old mm -hmm. when you watch a TV show, because most of the time 18 year olds are really weird looking <laughs> like you can't, they don't look normal. Their That's heads haven't completely fit their body just yet. Oh sort yeah. Of, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, that it's just, it's easier to get like an adult to be an actor than it is to get a kid. Cause you have to go through all the loopholes and contracts oh, and so on. So yeah, that was like, always the main reason to make a 20 year old play a fucking 15 year old. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's really interesting. But what about like, uh, what's the the thing that kind of brought like? I, I'm probably I know I'm the one that came late to the party on Roadhouse. The way I came across, I knew always knew about the movie. But there's this pawn shop Spencer and I would always go to, and they'd send they'd have like DVDs for like oh get ten DVDs for twenty bucks, and sometimes just get the one or two DVDs. Like um, I just gotta complete this stack. Uh, the Saint, okay, whatever. Uh, but then like Spencer, really, you talked me into getting Roadhouse. Like, dude, get Roadhouse. I promise you'll love this movie. I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't really. I heard about it. I heard it's kind of cheesy. Fucking get the Roadhouse, dude. I'm like, all right, I got Roadhouse. <laughs> and then sure enough, I watched it and fucking loved it. And I'm really grateful for that. So uh, mm. what's your guys' whole story of how you came across the movie? Um, well, actually, it's really funny. Um, came across Roadhouse in the same way that I came across a lot of, a lot of other really great things. And that is that I, I had a really good friend of mine named Sean Starrett who would quote it um, just all the time. And, I, you know, before seeing Roadhouse, I was like, this guy's hilarious because he'd like – about to be getting in a fight with somebody like I had a high school party be like I used to fuck guys like you in prison <laughs> like, I like how that's so like a threat in the movie too it's like <laughs> oh I know but like in all the other yeah great one-liners like <laughs> when a man points a loaded 45 in your face there's only two things you can do you can die or you can kill that motherfucker and I and I was just always just so in awe of Sean I was like god this guy is fucking hilarious and then one night we were like at his house with a bunch of people and he's like, fucking Roadhouse was like on <laughs> cable and we watched Roadhouse, the edited TV version. I was like, this movie is awesome. One, two, you have no original ideas at all, dude. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you just following the path of Dalton. Well, he did the same thing with the Chappelle show, too, because he'd like. I'd like heard him tell people like fuck your couch and like dance on people's couches and stuff. I was yeah. like, wow, this guy is hilarious. <laughs> and then you realize all their material just comes from something else. Yeah, and then watch the Chappelle show years later. I was like, God damn it, dude! Like he's got to <laughs> stop doing this to me. He's just a quoter, no? <laughs> yeah, a tracer. And I think there's always that kind of friend that everybody always has that somehow, some way, always sees the really good movies before anybody else. Like they stay up late and like you know dive through like HBO or something like that back in the day and just like they'll come across these kind of films. I don't know. Roadhouse to me, I remember I, I saw it early on, it's like off TV probably. And yeah, because my, my parents liked it. So that's where they're like, oh, here's Roadhouse. This is a good movie, you know, just along with like Animal House and Vacation and all these other movies they would show me along the way. So I was like, oh, sweet. And then, you know, just as time came on, it's just like I fell into the falling other Patrick Swayze movies, you know, Point Break becoming one of my other favorite ones. You know, then even like, you know, it's another good one came out like 90s, like Black Dog. So he had tons of good action movies throughout the way. You know, Red Dawn, of course. But I don't know, I've always contemplated like which one's the better one, Point Break or Roadhouse. And Roadhouse is almost just like that. It's just such a pinnacle good movie. And I mean, like Point Break to me, that that's a really important movie throughout my life. I like that one a lot. But I don't know. When watching Roadhouse again, though, you just watch it and just like, dude, what can you not like about this film? Mm, completely. I will say, um, 
we were talking earlier, we were saying like, is this part of like the unspoken like trilogy? Is it like, does it go, um, does it go, uh, dirty dancing, uh, uh, roadhouse ghost? Is this like, just kind of like his life he lived before. <laughs> Except for dirty dancing takes place like in the fifties. Oh, it does. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Shit. it's been some time. Well, there goes that theory debunked. <laughs> he could have he could have been time traveling right? i don't know i mean he like takes he's besides all the away. cigarettes he takes really good care of himself maybe he just looks he could just roundhouse so younger. hard he can tra- time travel <laughs> yeah rip a hole in space time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like superman just go like just start spinning really fast doing a roundhouse oh man now that is the prequel yeah. i would like to see like immediately leaving time traveling dalton yeah puts baby in the corner goes to nyu <laughs> gets a philosophy degree and then like is practicing <laughs> kickboxing one day and rips a fucking hole in space time and then ends up in the 80s there you go oh or maybe he goes where he's needed like he's like just wakes like the terminator just like will be in it right at the next scene in roadhouse was him having fun with the doctor and then getting warped to the 90s (laughs) or something like that (laughs) he just after all those guys got murdered he got blamed for it so he had to change his entire identity move out to california (laughs) meet johnny utah well, yeah, yeah Bodhi's a pretty philosophical dude. Like, he definitely has a, a code and a mantra he lives by, much like Dalton does. And I think that's... Um... Surf that perfect wave. God, oh, yeah, it. that's all he wanted to do, man, yeah. Because after you've cleaned up the double deuce, like, any bar after that <laughs> is not going to be... Not going to be a challenge. It's not going to be fun. The double deuce, like, we were just watching it. There's, like, a girl and a guy, like, in a fight in the parking lot in the first scene. Swayze does nothing. Everybody's just kicking it. Why this girl is just like, no, I, leave me alone. This guy's like dragging her away. Well, the whole point in the beginning, where like when, when Swayze first comes to the double deuce and he's all hired to kind mm-hmm. of clean up this bar, it's like he's just sitting there watching everything. It's, and they're, he's taking it all in, kind of seeing how the whole place reacts. He's like, I don't want to disturb it yet. I want to figure out how everything goes here. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, my mark. God, the double deuce is just, it's a mess, though. I'll be honest, when. All right, don't, uh, this is going to seem like I'm going the other way on this for a second, but when you first see the Double Deuce, I'm not going to lie, I like the look, I like the aesthetic, I could just do without the rape and murder. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't like the way the bar looks when they get it all cleaned up. It looks like a TGI Fridays, basically. Oh, I really. 80 chic, though. It was great. Neon. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is like the bar kind of that. It's the one thing, though, you kind of watch like in that movie, and like even though it gets cleaned up, it kind of reminds me like when you see like a really cool restaurant. And you're like, oh, man, I really like when it's all kind of – even though I know it's kind of worn out and everything like that. It's got this cool, great look to it. It feels very classic. And then the guy finally moves his restaurant to another location, and then it just changes, and everything's nice, and you know the prices have raised and everything like that. And then you kind of go, well, I don't know if I want to go there anymore. Kind of, I'm not saying anything against it, but it kind of lost its charm. And I almost feel – there's, you know, there had been some of those guys that's like, you know, I don't really like the, the, the fights and all that stuff. That's kind of crazy, but – Love the way this place looks. And then after it get changes, it becomes good. almost like yeah, yuppified. Yeah. You know, the guy. Somebody's probably like, you know, I don't know anymore. This, this used to be just kind of you know your regular guys' bar, and now look at who's here. You got fucking guys with Mercedes Benz and BMWs <laughs> outside. Oh, I know. People coming funny. in from Kansas City. Fuck this place. A lot more polo shirts. Yeah, so it's like I do look at it kind of like that. It's like okay, yeah, I know, I know it's cleaned up and all, but. You know, you kind of, it's like, well, it probably it lost a lot. I bet you it just switched its audience completely. I mean, I, yeah, I lost a lot of character. 
I used to stab guys at that table yeah. right over there, <laughs> and now they're serving fucking frog raw. <laughs> Even though as a band, you're like, I'm so glad I don't have to go to a bar that people chuck fucking beer glasses and stuff at. I wonder where that always came from. That'd be interesting to know. It's like, who was the first guy to vent, you know, let's just put up this big mesh thing here or a fence, and guess what you can do? You can literally chuck your beer bottle <laughs> at the band when you don't like the song they're playing. Well, it's kind of like sticking. Yeah, it's kind of like just sticking your finger in a cracked dam. It's you're not really fixing the problem. You're just kind of stimming it. Like instead of making people stop throwing bottles at the band, you're like, now nah, we'll just put up some chicken wire. It'll be fine. Boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, I'm imagining it. The chicken wire thing probably came from like, <laughs> obviously, from people getting bottles thrown at them when their <laughs> band sucks so bad. Like. <laughs> Well, I'm, when you first walk into the Devil Deuce in, that, in the beginning, it, it, it really looks like some Mad Max shit. Like everyone's fighting, <laughs> people are getting dragged away into the corner, never to be seen again. Fucking knives, broken glass everywhere, you know. Like fucking Dalton doesn't even say anything. The one big guy with the beard, and no, not the fat guy with the beard, but the big one big guy with the beard, the first guy to go. It's just like... You ain't drinking, you're going out. Just walks by. I just walked in here, motherfucker. I literally just walked in here. It's like, yeah, well, he's wearing a beige blazer. Fuck that guy. Oh, I know. Well, so it's like that that me. rest or that bar was at the point where I feel, you know, realistically, if it was that bad, you'd probably just close your bar down. <laughs> you would not let that because how can you afford <laughs> well, to I mean, they always night? had people. That's what I mean, people were in there drinking a lot. I I mean a lot, a lot, it seemed like. I will say that movie is pretty good about like people like to talk about how dumb it is, but it has a lot of clever little things that you just don't really think about. Like there's the part where um, for a good fuck call hmm. and then the, he went up to it. He just wrote, he made the, he turned the F into a B and then put an I after the U. And so for a good Buick call, I just thought that was, yeah. it's like a lot of small things like that or kind of like, he knows he's going to be going, working at a job that everyone hates him. So he's not going to drive his Mercedes there. He's going to just buy some beat-up, you know, V8 and go there. No, yeah, there's, there is, like, just tons of kind of neat little things like that, like, that show how good of a cooler this, you know, Patrick Swayze is in this film, and just him kind of watching everything. And then even, like, his philosophies on it, like, the whole point is, you know, you got to be nice, mm -hmm. you know. If a guy calls you a cocksucker, what do you do? You be nice. If you have a hard time taking the guy out, you get another buddy, and both of you walk him out, and you be nice. And usually does. Somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't, don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. It's like the whole, like all his philosophies because you work in a lot of things. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that I like that part where the doctor, like Dr. Hottie, asks him, you ever, uh, is there, you ever not win a fight? And he says, nobody wins a fight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Swayze, use my heart, be still. It's one of those things, like, I always knew of Swayze, and I always thought he was decent, but when I saw this movie, I was like, oh, Swayze. And after I saw this movie, I was like, oh, Swayze, you know? Well, yeah, I never really, I mean, this was, like, the first time, like, watching this movie, like, I hadn't seen Point Break yet. I was, like, familiar, with, like, I knew who Patrick Swayze was pretty much only through Ghosts. And then, like, you know, seeing this, I was like, oh, wow, this guy, he's just got so many layers. Just... <laughs> So, like, just like his mullet, so many layers. <laughs> yeah. 
is more like Zoro gets his powers from. <laughs> well, it's like because what makes Patrick Swayze too? He's this action character, but there's not really a whole lot of other guys that play a similar role to him. Because I always feel, you know, for most movies, you know, there's always like, you know, if this one guy wasn't in it, you probably could have got this guy over here, and it would mm. still probably work close enough. You know, but you think about Patrick Swayze for a lot of those roles. It would be interesting to see somebody else in there, you know? I feel somebody who might be close at the time would have been, like, Mel Gibson. Oh, that's... Yeah. That's that's he, would have been, he would have been maybe a tad bit older, but, I mean, I th- still think that I could see Mel Gibson being in Roadhouse, saying all those same lines and still kind of working. Rocking the mullet. That's, yeah. yeah, that's much better. I was thinking Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I was like, that just wouldn't work at all. I could, yeah. I could, I could see them trying that. I, uh, but Mel Gibson, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. He probably he could probably still pull off that that like dead soulless stare that he gives people <laughs> right before he throws them out. Like it's one of those things. Like it's just like he has almost, with the exception of the like the third act when he finally gets fine when he finally's had enough throughout that whole movie. He has that same. It's like you see that like those t-shirts, like the many faces of Bruce Willis or that Bruce Willis, many faces of like Chuck <laughs> Norris or the many faces of like. Darth Vader, like sad, happy, depressed, whatever. Um, he has that same thing in this movie, but you could just tell, like, oh, he's mad. Oh, mm. he's happy. You know, but even though he has just the same, just like, mm, just like he doesn't, not blinking, just staring off into space. Yeah, definitely. He's got that kind of glare. It's really, it's like the one you see, like, on the poster, and it's like, that's the look throughout the whole movie. <laughs> just like, you got a name? Yeah. Just like pauses, turns around, goes back to smoking. Oh god, I know he smokes so many cigarettes in this movie. It's like, Which is kind of funny for the fact that he's this guy who's like extraordinarily healthy in everything he does, but since it's just like the eighties, it's at that time period where like oh, cigarettes aren't bad. Oh, it just yeah, it sends the total wrong image. <laughs> there's the part when he starts like fucking Dr. Hottie and we were all talking. And there's the part where he's all like fucking against the wall. But shortly after, he's like sweating real quickly. Like, why is he sweating so much? And I like, used to like, well, he really probably wants a cigarette right now. <laughs> I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? Worst I ever had was wonderful. Oh, that's pretty funny. You know what's kind of interesting, though, about like all the characters in the movie? They all sort of have, and this ties back into our last retrospect, they're all, like, a lot of these characters are all named after Wild West, either kind of outlaws or sheriffs and so on, because even oh. Doc comes from, well, more, more Doc Holiday, I think, more than, like, Young Guns Doc, but... yeah. Uh, even Dalton, the Dalton gang. Oh, I think Wesley's Wait. one. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. You, yeah, you got Garrett in there too. I mean, like each one of these oh, characters yeah, are all kind of named after that. You're blowing my mind right now. I never, I never thought about that or and it, noticed that. And it's something I didn't realize till watching the like uh, till the special features of the movie. It essentially is a western. It's a western mm-hmm. with martial arts. You know, so yeah, it's really a modern day western when you really break it down. I mean, okay. it, I guess it's like it is sort of a martial arts movie. For the fact that at this time period, that's kind of when like a lot of those things were coming in. And I actually heard this interesting philosophy the other day. They were talking about how men, you know, World War II generation, everybody would go out and they'd see song and dance movies. Because that's why, you know, in the 50s, there were so many musicals and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But as the 70s kind of came along and kind of the macho man and all these things started happening, you know, they were replaced with action movies and martial arts and people fighting and all that stuff, and they said that it, it triggered the same th- like kind of thing that why people liked song and dance, the choreography in that. The mm. martial arts triggers the same thing as well, but it's instead it's like okay, instead of having to watch guys dance, we can watch guys choreographed hitting each other. Oh, that's interesting. Awesome. Yeah, because I never, I mean, like I, 
I enjoy musicals and dancing movies, but I never like have the same like, oh, reactions like to a sweet <laughs> roundhouse kick or like something like that. It was yeah, like a post-World War II thing. You're like, you know, we saw a lot of action. Let's see a lot of dance now. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. yeah, I totally, I think that escapism, like people are like, yeah, I've seen enough. Like I was in, <laughs> I was in Normandy. I don't need to see people get shot and stuff like that. I would mm-hmm. much prefer seeing some babes sing in the rain. Yeah. yeah I, classy I, act fellas up there. <laughs> see a lady with an umbrella come flying down your chimney. And well, I mean, there was a, there was a big movement around that time because there were like, uh, pre-World War II, a lot of like kind of darker films and like people were starting to like explore this kind of like darker edge of cinema, which I think That's is like why really the 30s natural. is such a good section of cinema. Mm-hmm. But then like after, yeah, then Hollywood started passing all these like crazy, like the ratings board and then all like the communist stuff, like everything started to be really vanilla in the 50s. And everything had to have like, this wasn't just in movies and comics as well and other medias. Everything had to pr- have a pro-American, uh, a pro-American message. Mm, yeah. That well, is just like, you got a lot of family stuff in the 50s. That's why I, I do think of the 50s being kind of one of the worst times of movie making. Not saying that there's bad movies in there because there is fun ones, but you know, for example, you could watch a pirate movie in the 30s, and it is fucking badass. It just, you know, like, blows movies out of the water even today. Then you go to, like, the 50s, and it's like, you watch a pirate movie again, and it's fun. But now you see they've kind of thrown, like, a little bit more jokes in there. They made it, like, not nearly as violent. You know, it's a little bit more campy. And you just, and they did have a lot of genres. They kind of, like, toned them down. So they ran the whole family by, because that's what you're going to do on this Saturday night. <laughs> That's a good point right there. And this, um, I think Roadhouse is pretty much like, it was actually, the movie was surprisingly violent for when it came out, wasn't it? Like, yeah, like, I think probably. Even the parts like the guy, if not anything, I think people probably walking out of the movie, if I was there, I would assume they're probably like, can you believe that throat rip part? Oh, I still can't believe that. He just eagle clawed it just right out of there. And the thing is, it's kind of like, it is like, a lot of people will say, well, duh, it's standard, like, writing, but I think it's amazing. It does the perfect setup. As people, a lot of people say, the movie's so stiff, but if you really watch it, it is the perfect setup, because you see he's tormented about something, and then he's just like, well, the guy had a gun, you know, if another man points a gun, like you said, Wes, that mm-hmm. your favorite line, he says, like, another man sticks a load of 45 in your face, you can die, or you can kill that motherfucker. It's just like, he was fighting the guy, then all of a sudden, he brought a gun in. Is like he only had one option by that point, and probably did yeah. the same thing he did to that fucker years back. Well, I like that that the right after that, because the doctor sees it one, and then two, they go on to having this like whatever kind of happy relationship afterwards, which is weird because she just she's seen him rip somebody's throat out. And she's bothered by it at first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she goes and runs and checks on the guy first, which is like really interesting. Like, you know, I was like, you'd think like your partner, you'd be like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, I just saw that gun go off. But she like immediately goes and checks on him and then kind of looks at him like, holy shit, you have a fucking iron grip. Yeah, like that is. <laughs> you know what's another thing that's always kind of interesting in that movie is the fact that Patrick Swayze, I don't think in the entire film, he uses any real weapons. It's always like his fists in the sense. I mean, the closest thing you could say he uses a weapon is the Mercedes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but other than that, though, it's like he's, he's not firing a gun ever. I don't, he, he's never, he never doesn't have a knife in hand or anything like that. Another thing about this movie is everybody kind of stands out in one way or the other. Even, like, the smaller characters. Like, you know, like, there's all, like, the thugs of, the, of, um, of Brad Wesley. There's, like, you know, there's the big, fat, dumb guy. He, you recognize him when you see him. Oh, he's just yeah, fucking tinker. huge, and he's got his suspenders on suspenders. with his belly hanging over his pants. Oh, trucker hat. Just reminds me. Hat. 
just reminds me of Bob from Street Fighter, even though I know this came out before that. And then um, you also had like the very tall giant guy. There's the first guy he gets rid of, and there's just something about that guy's face you just recognize when you see him. Then there's like Steve Buscemi's nephew who's <laughs> yeah. like pocketing money from the register. Yeah, he's yeah, like, the... what do you care? Oh, he just looks like such a sleaze bag, that guy. Well, yeah, we were talking about he's got the reverse Hitler. He has it like shaved <laughs> in between his mustache, which is just nobody should ever do that. It's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody... It's like he's, she's trying to go for like an Asian look, but it's just not really panning out. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't he has know. the greasy slick over to the side. You know, they, they just want you to hate that guy the second you see him. You know, everybody chews a lot of gum in that movie, too. Like he was chewing gum. Carrie like, Ann. Yeah, the lady's always chewing gum. Like a lot of reaction shots of people, they're like just chewing gum. I think Jeff Healy at some points chewing gum. Was in just there. gum really big in the eighties, or just because you like when you don't have a cigarette, you just chew gum? <laughs> half so a half, half smoke, or you're gonna chew gum? Oh, I know. You just need to be doing something here, make it interesting on film. Like, yeah, that's a really interesting choice by that director. Yeah, like, everybody's chewing gum all the time. You know what I also like too about the bad guy in this one, Wesley. I like because what makes that a really good bad guy is the fact when you look at that guy, it's almost like he looks just like like your grandpa or something. He doesn't actually look threatening but as the movie kind of progresses this little old man you know is fucking beating his wife he's beating up his own like henchman guys he can fucking kick ass and do all these things that's just kind of when you at first glance you would never think anything bad this guy's like oh look at that nice old man he looks like he did well for himself (laughs) my town i'm not afraid of him i guess you'll be having that fire sale now all right (laughs) you got your hands full kid I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's he's a really just well-developed villain, which I don't think people get a... Like, Roadhouse doesn't get enough credit for that. I mean, they kind of, like, drop subtle hints about him the whole movie. Like, he came to the town after Korea, kind of, like, took things over. Talks mm-hmm. about, you know, eating breakfast, just shooting the shit with the sways, talking about how he came up on the mean streets of Chicago and that his grandpa's an asshole. Like, I mean, he's pretty well-developed. I, I, well, really I just likes- think it's, like... You know, you think of a lot of movies, like, you when you, they make a villain, they make a villain who's somewhat kind of equal or bigger, more intimidating, something like that. And in this one, it's, you really have a guy that at first glance, you just kind of go, like, how's that guy going to be a threat to Patrick Swayze? But as you go on, like, oh, this guy can really handle himself, for one. You know, he's already just this brutal, evil guy, does not even care about the town. You know, if he doesn't get the money, he'll burn down the hardware store. He'll crush cars at the car dealer. You know, he doesn't make a difference. He owns this town. This town is controlled by him because clearly nobody in fucking Missouri is taking care. Yeah. No, that's what. Yeah, it's funny it's that they have a fire department, but it does not seem like they have a police department whatsoever. Like, well, because he, he owns the sheriff. It says yeah. that in there at one point, which you never see the sheriff. So God knows who that is. Probably well, that bad guy. Well, I, mean, he like, I got sh- a lot of badges. I don't know. It feels like Dalton could have been very easily dispatched if you own the entirety of the police department by like being like, oh, he's got a crack pipe on him. And like <laughs> we found, you know, and his Mercedes. We found it. You know, yeah, he came at me. He we obviously you can just shoot people in that town, stab right. people, rip people's throats out with no consequences. Like they should have just shot Dalton a long time ago. Or it would have just been easy while he was out there like doing Tai Chi all muscly during the sunset. You know, they could have just easily snuck by and probably just like dropped like a crack pipe in his like car right there. Like, oh, look what we found. You know, I will say uh, it's kind of weird how he lives like literally like across the river from the main villain. And like I, and even as the movie kind of goes on, you think it comes to a point where you're like. 
you know, with all this shit going down between you two, maybe you guys shouldn't live right, or like right across from each other. <laughs> well, that <laughs> like, way you can't have that creepy scene of which, like, after they fuck on the roof of him just rocking in a rocking chair, looking at him with the creepy like synthesizer playing. And that, and I guess you can't take like when he rips the guy's throat out and just sends it across the river. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty metal. Just floated on over. I will say there's that part, though, when he starts living there with that old guy. There is, I, I don't really know what it is, what's it implying, but the old guy, first off, he sees, like, the Mercedes covered up. He pulls it up. He's like, oh, Mercedes has this look of, like, the prophecy is true or some shit like that. And then he walks around. And then there's this, it almost seems like it could be the beginning of, like, in, like you know, or like, autoerotic, like, whole, like, homoerotic stories. Because you see him all training with his shirt off, all flexing, all slow motion. You see the old dude just staring at him, just like, oh, you know. <laughs> like, there's a fan fiction somewhere for this. Oh, I hope so. It's <laughs> uh, like, so they you know, sent him that. I just think, I don't know what that whole part was all about, because it just seems so, like, I, I get the whole thing of showing him training, but the showing the old guy, like, oh, what's he doing, you know? Yeah, he looked at him for a really long time. Well, I think like, it's that... What I think it's supposed to be saying is the fact that this this old guy is just he assumes it's just some kind of dumb kid who just needs a place to stay or whatever, and he seems like a legitimate kind of fellow. And then as time goes on, it's like, well, wait, it's like he's got this Mercedes here, you know, he knows all these like Asian martial arts stuff. Like this is not just a normal guy coming through, you know. Like there's <laughs> something more. And I think that's what's supposed to be, but it comes across, I guess, a little bit different. See, that's yeah. the thing about Tai Chi is I feel like anybody can look like they know Tai Chi. <laughs> and I know that's like demeaning towards Tai Chi's itself, but I feel like it's a lot of like, like you just do this. Like he could, Patrick Swayze could have just been making shit up. If you're as time. lean as him and good looking as him, it's just like okay, I believe oh, it. Oh, I know. Mm. Must yeah. be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, it's all the cigarettes and the not eating <laughs> yeah. something. Like fucking like like uh um what's his name um Humphrey Bogart just basically ate cigarettes and steak. I don't think Humphrey Bogart was in the kind of shape that Kurt Russell. I'm just going to go out on a limb. He was on that diet, though, maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the diet. Well, Kurt Russell or Patrick Swayze. I think they're, they share oh. the same diet. <laughs> oh, I always get those two. Those well, two see, that, that, that was actually the other guy. Actually, Kurt Russell's probably even better choice than Mel Gibson. Really, Kurt Russell probably could have. Oh, yeah. He could have been Dalton, too. Because mm -hmm. they sort of have a similar. I guess that is the similar actor to Patrick Swayze. They do look very similar. I really wish there was like a very uh, the team a, up movie. Yeah, like a Tango nice, and Cash, but with you know, yeah, Swayze and maybe their brothers. That would have made more sense. It's kind of like how uh, what was it? There was a well, it's not exactly like Arnold and Stallone, but I guess it's something to that effect. Like something like all right, these guys look kind of similar. That makes sense for them to work together at some point. You know, they look. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I, I could have been into, uh, I would have been a, into a, uh, what's this, Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China, and yeah, oh. Dalton crossover, like maybe they meet up in San Francisco. This is a Pork like Chop oh. Express coming into town here. That would be I'm Avengers meet a guy named Dalton. Avengers <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know who really steals the show more than anybody else in this film, though? It's Sam Oh, Sam Elliott. Oh, of course. Well, it's, it's hard for Sam Elliott not to be the best part of any movie he's in. And this is almost like, I think this is almost like the best Sam Elliott role. I know it's like kind of a short one, but it's like he's got like the best look in it. Mm -hmm. He just seems totally badass and almost still at this point where he's kind of at this, 
he's the older guy in the movie, but he's still, I guess he's kind of young as far as like, you're just used to always seeing Sam Elliott being old. And this movie, it's like, this is, feels like he's young Sam Elliott. Well, almost kind of like when you watch Clint Eastwood. You know, you watch a Clint Eastwood in like an early 70s movie. Well, he's almost 40 years old by that point. <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. that's young Clint Eastwood. Oh, let's I mean, shoot, I think Arnold did Conan when he was like 37, almost 40. Like, Yeah, well, because Arnold's like, he was 27, I think, when Pumping Iron came out, or 28, which is yeah. 1977. So by the time Conan did, yeah, he's, you know, he's about mid thirties. Yeah. And his famous, all these like really big movies, you know, he's, you know, 45 years old. And I think a lot of times for an action star, that's what you kind of got to be because sometimes a young guy, I think is a little bit harder to take on than like, you know, you kind of want your guy to at least be in his thirties. Yeah. I mean, maybe you just want the grizzled look or something. And then, yeah, we were talking about this the other night, but he's still got to have a 22 year old girlfriend. Like you can't. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's really weird standard. Like Hollywood's like all the women gotta be young and all the men have to be like late thirties. I think that things to work. I think the last movie, not we'll still go back to our house in just one second. I think the last movie I think I really saw I mean, I'm sure there's a few more, but the last one I can think of that like really broke that standard was Don John, because it was, ended with uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett dating Julianne Moore. So oh, that yeah. one got the reverse. But beyond that though, it is always kind of like always is like 22 like you said 20 something dating like late 30 something well it's really weird because it, yeah i was i saw that thing the other day that maggie gyllenhaal um for, who is just like a total babe super cool um she got turned down from a movie for being like 36 and they said she was too old to play the love interest of a 55 year old man and you're like Whoa, oh what she is the perfect age to play the love interest of an 18 year old (laughs) well that's just kind of like it's the same thing like with batman versus superman like i just remember like this is the thing always bothered me when people be like well you know who should be it's like uh xena should be fucking you know lucy lawless that is the perfect you can't get a better wonder woman than that people are fucking old and it's like she's only 44 years old fucking ben affleck's older than her fucking old and she still looks young yeah but, you know, it's like, that's that kind of thing. It's like, no, we have to have a young person play Wonder Woman. And it's like, but you can have an old person play Batman, but you can't have an older lady play. It, it's That's a weird thing that always kind of bothers me in movies. Yeah, it is super weird. Mm-hmm. Hollywood. That is, I mean, I can, my one thing I can understand, because I was thinking about that for, like, superhero movies in general. Like, it's just good to get a young person to do it, because these franchises last 10 years now. Like, when they made the first Iron Man, we're like, are, are we going to need Robert Downey Jr. in 10 years? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't like, think that question was really asked. It was probably like, yeah, you know, he'll be good for at least five, couple movies. We'll get a couple ones out of him. <laughs> yeah, it'll be solid. Well, because I heard Mark Ruffalo talking about that. Like, people were like, oh, hey, like a Hulk movie. He's like, man, I'm getting kind of old to be, like, being in an action movie. I'm getting least... old to, like, have a CG guy run around doing all the... <laughs> yeah. All the heavy lifting, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, <laughs> oh, they're going to have, like, I bet what's going to happen, if they ever do do Planet Hulk, it's going to be like Mark Ruffalo... Walk around in tattered clothing. Oh, gee, how'd I get here? And then whenever anything bad happens, like, oh, CG Hulk. You know? mm. well, well, the thing I mean, about the Hulk movies is over time, you could just literally minus out, like, the Bruce Banner stuff. And you don't, it's not even important once he's just full Hulk. Mm. I don't know. Well, I, I read a thing, like, the head of Marvel Studios was talking about how that he is, that people like the Bruce, like, you need the Bruce Banner character to make the Hulk stuff work. Like, everybody likes Ruffalo because they've always had the Hulk. I just thought that was interesting because I would like to just I would watch Planet Hulk just as Planet Hulk was meant to be watched. Like yeah. no Bruce Banner, just extreme. I think it's one of those things that probably get to it at some point, but now they're just taking their time. But we'll, we'll see. I think we'll see it eventually. I mean, yeah. there's gonna be some incarnation of it in the Thor movie, I guess. But um, 
Um, Regarding, um, so what are you going to say? Oh, I'm just real excited for the uh, Thor Hulk movie. It's the Ragnarok called, one. Yeah, it's going to be. Before it was like, oh, it's Thor. I mean, I'll see it because it's the next Marvel movie. But now it's like, oh, it's basically Thor meets Hulk again. I'm just like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm there. Okay. Oh, yeah, intergalactic buddy movie, just going around in <laughs> no hijinks, having a great time. Like, Hopefully driving the space pickup truck. That'd be awesome. I, I Hopefully having to fix bars along the way. Oh, <laughs> my God. Now, Roundhouse and shit. Thor movie, if it was Thor just literally standing up against the side of a bar and he has to go into space fixing different bars around the world. Or You're around, not worthy to enter here. <laughs> What he wanted up, as you can see, lass. Just stand there with his fucking hammer. It'd be like intimidating. Oh, that's a yeah. Like, there's gonna still be like some asshole in a Hawaiian shirt and afro being like, "Yeah, well, fuck you, motherfucker," going up to like the like thunder god with a hammer. (laughs) Remember, be nice. If you cannot escort him yourself, get a friend to help you escort. Be nice. I like how that sounds like fucking Gandhi fucking being like Dalton. <laughs> that's, that's my God. There's one thing you're going to do, and be that's nice. be that's nice. Right. I'm just and trying to be. If that's... somebody tries to attack you, you be fucking nice. Did it come across as Middle Eastern? How was it going for that? No, oh, whatever. <laughs> the um, I don't know if you guys caught this in the reading. The NYPD actually uses clips from Roadhouse to in training videos on how to handle situations. Oh, so that is awesome. Yeah, they cut in the be nice part, like. Well, I, I bet you up. anything, it's more just like, okay, these guys are starting to not pay attention. You know how we get them to pay attention? Fucking Roadhouse. That's exactly what the thing that I read. They said people <laughs> were falling asleep during the video, so they cut in parts of Roadhouse. And now they're just like, oh, man. Because I know for a fact it's not like that. This is literally how you're going to have to defend yourself if you're fighting on a beach and some guy tries to take you out. Oh, no, they, they might have the, yeah. You can take the biggest guy in the world, you shatter his knee, yeah. he'll fall like a stone. <laughs> like... <laughs> Or they'll have, like, like here's what you do when you come across a monster truck, you know? Oh, God. That's what I like, too. It's like they got the Bigfoot, like, monster truck. Just, like, one guy just driving around town. That goes to show how much power you have when you can just have one of those going around and nobody fucking says anything. That's right. Pretty... daylight when you just... I, I feel kind of, you know, it comes back around in the long run, but you feel kind of bad for all, like, there's the business owners in there. Oh, yeah. You know? You get the poor guy running the hardware store. He's like, you know, I came back here. Want a simple life, you know, got married to an ugly lady. and Yeah, because you want to like him. And I was stuck here at my store. <laughs> that guy actually. All he's got. Oh, that guy actually, uh, fun thing. That guy actually was Elvis's, like, best friend back in the day. Oh, yeah. Movies with Elvis. In this movie, he's basically kind of playing himself. Huh. Yeah, I, I, knew that guy, I knew that guy was friends with Elvis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... There's been movies where, like, I think there's a movie where his son played him, like, in, like, a like documentary like a like a biopic or something biopic about it huh been popping off on roadhouse fun facts like my favorite roadhouse fun fact by far is that the uh the screenwriter of roadhouse is now married to the doctor character oh really i didn't know that yeah yeah well so he also is the screenwriter for scrooged so he's good friends with bill murray so now wherever Bill Murray or any one of Bill Murray's brothers are in the world, if they see Roadhouse come on TV, they'll call him and say, turn on the TV, Patrick Swayze is boinking your wife on television. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I was reading the thing, like Bill Murray will call him from like Russia, New York, like all over, because like, they watch Roadhouse everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
You know what's another weird thing too is like in 2003 they had like an off-Broadway version of Roadhouse with like an extraordinarily oh, yeah. long title where it was like Roadhouse, the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Ty Mac or whatever the fuck that guy's name is from the 80 cl- cult classic The Last Dragon, which is like kind of like that's a weird fucking that I don't even know why like this is why it's an off-Broadway show I'll tell you that and he's wearing. A- Oh, yeah, and then he was also like, except for this dude like wearing a fucking wig, and it's a blonde wig, which just sounds weird. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is part of the title. Yeah, it's all part of the title. It's, it, that's strange. Another thing, too, is just like a lot of these other movies that we've kind of talked about in our retrospect, there is like a two-and-a-half-hour cut that was you know never released, of course, but in this day and age, and I feel like in the DVD zone and the Blu-ray and all that stuff, it's like, I don't know why like companies don't go, you know, we have this movie. Guess how we can make a little bit more money off of it? Let's just throw that extra 20 minutes back into the movie. Even if it doesn't really make the movie necessarily better, we can just do it to kind of have just a cool alternate take. Oh, they'll probably do it for when the Ronda Rousey Roadhouse comes out. You know how they, yeah, they'll do the re-release and then they'll have a bunch of other stuff going on. They'll probably, Roadhouse will probably be on Netflix again to get people all excited. Well, they, they might do, because the only thing that's some, there's some of those cuts where it's like, I don't know why they don't like, just because I, I think somebody's got to obviously go back and put it back together. It's not like it's you know just sitting there ready to be you know they just don't want to put it out. But I just think it's one of those ones like that's such an easy way to sell. And I'm like I know it's like you know most people call that like double dipping, but I'm like there's nothing wrong with it if you're going to put out something kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Even if yeah, it doesn't I mean, make the movie better, it's like one of those ones. It's just kind of a neat version to have just to say hey here's some you know extra scenes thrown in. Oh, five extra minutes of Swayze doing Tai Chi, like mm-hmm. an extra thirty seconds of like. Yeah, Swayze love making. Yeah, probably not? at some point when he goes down into Brad Wesley, he has like probably he has some kind of like you know maze of death underneath his house <laughs> or something like that with like mirrors. It's kind of like out of the dragon. There's mirrors and shit. Oh no! Why? Did It'd they be like have the gauntlet scenes That's... that they cut out of Superman two originally. Because uh, <laughs> so it's Patrick good. Swayze going going through the gauntlet to get to the house. Which that ending scene though is really fucking badass in Roadhouse. It's like not at first you know because. Wesley's living in this huge fucking mansion and stuff. And Swayze comes barreling in because at this point, there was a decision to be made just like Batman Forever where it's like, who are you going to save? Your girlfriend or your best buddy? And in the process, he thinks Mm. his best buddy's fine, so he goes to check on his girlfriend. Lo and behold, this is where Sam Elliott gets fucking stabbed to death and is just left on the bar. Which you feel feel bad. That was was pretty... (laughs) <laughs> that note was hard too. Plus Sam Elliott's tales. <laughs> Plus Sam Elliott's on vacation. He didn't plan on that shit. No, yeah, he was just no, stopped yeah, by he... just to see how his buddy was doing. Well, Sam Elliott knew where he was needed. I mean, because there's that scene where Patrick Swayze calls him from the laundromat, and it's it really seems like Swayze wants to ask him for help, but he's too prideful and manly to do so. But Sam Elliott just kind of understood that because he mm-hmm. speaks man as well, and he <laughs> just rides his hog down there with no helmet. And it's really just a conversation. It's it's just a conversation that, like like you said, it's kind of like in, in man sort of. Because the conversation goes nowhere. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. What about you? Doing good, too. You know, surprise what you get used to. Yeah, know what you mean. I got to go. <laughs> was a convers- so it was literally one of those things. that could probably had subtitles, like, shit's real rough right now. Yeah, good and, talk. Yeah. It's, just, it's totally that, like, old-timey kind of guy thing where it's like, we don't express feelings or ask for help. But in, in the way that we, we can pretty much say almost very little words, we know what we're thinking. <laughs> very like, almost so like Hank much. Hill kind of like dialect. <laughs> oh, man. 
But <sighs> yeah, going back, okay, going to the action scene at the end. So Patrick Swayze is pissed off. Fucking Sam Elliott's dead. You know, the whole town's been kind of destroyed. He's like having no more of us. So he gets his Mercedes and fucking shoots it off like a rocket. And it comes flying through and everybody's blasting the living daylights out of it. It spins up in the air, explodes, fucking crashes down. They think they've gotten rid of him. And then next thing you know, Patrick Swayze's sneaking in, taking out people left and right. One, not using a fucking gun whatsoever. Fucking Metal Gear Solid in this shit. And then he busts into his house. And now you start seeing more because you've seen like little clips of Wesley's house before. You know, you saw like his breakfast table and you saw like where his wife was in the living room. You know, when I got she got beat. But now he gets to this house and he's got like all, you know, just fucking all these dead animals in there and everything like that. All taxidermed on the wall. Just everything you can go like, I fucking hate this guy even more now. Just, it really looks, yeah, like the inside of a Dave and Buster's or like a game lodge. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it speaks a lot of like who the character of Brad Wesley is. Like he just, he's all about trophies, conquests winning even even with his girlfriend because we were talking about this there's a part where he has his girlfriend go up there who, who he doesn't really respect or care about but he has her, he has her go up there strip and dance for everybody just almost gonna like treat her as a prize like oh look what i got look what you don't got mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. well that's, that's like, a yeah, that's thing too it's like speaking of like older people it's like here's a guy who's like over 30 years older than his like wife or whatever or girlfriend whatever the hell she's supposed to be it's just this old hey. grandpa character which probably at that time period, that guy's probably only like in his 50s. But like sometimes you look at some people, and it's like, man, that guy like aged a lot. Well, you know, who, you know who what else he was in, which like it bothered me for the longest time because I love both of these movies, but never like drew the connection until one day I was like, holy shit. Brad Wesley is Jackie Treehorn from The Big Lebowski. Oh, oh yeah, he is. I didn't put that together like, either. I knew just like, oh, man, it's totally him. That, that makes totally sense now. Is- He's the same character in both <laughs> movies. Like, I totally slow my mind. I gotta, yeah. check I gotta watch that again when I get home. He asks Patrick Swayze if he wants a Bloody Mary, and then he asks the dude if he can get him a drink. Like that's just his opening. He's he's always offering a drink. <laughs> oh, I know. He's always just a very polite yet menacing man. Second, so you cross him, he's gonna come after you with his helicopter and his monster truck. Yeah, exactly. Like his his vocabulary is not shortened by how angry he is. If anything, mm-hmm. it gets better. I respect it. that in a villain a lot. Well, kind of like a western, because most westerns are usually very much like black and white. Kind of like the villain. You really hate the villain. He is a very bad villain. Good guy is always kind of like usually he might have his own agenda, but he's just kind of strolling into town. This is very much that because Brad Wesley. The second you see him, just kind of like. Who's this fuck riding in on a helicopter, scaring the horses, and later just kind of like, like swerving down the road? Like, singing oh, to I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, I know because he just runs. Wouldn't it be a dream to run Patrick Swayze off the road? You know, just put, and then all of a sudden, like later, just like, all right, well, it very much is a build, like a like a western type setup. This guy who owns the town has a monopoly and everything, kind of like fistful of dollars. Only it's like two feuding, but there always is that one guy or that group of bandits that always comes to town to fuck with everybody. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is, except for they've been there for a while, and Mm -hmm. Dalton's here to fucking clean it up. You know what's another thing that's kind of interesting, too, is that apparently Patrick Swayze, right after this movie, he was asked to be in Predator 2, so I'm guessing he would have been Danny Glover. Mm -hmm. But he was too injured from this film to be shooting that next one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a wild... Which, you know, like, I love Danny Glover in that, too, but I'm like, that would have been interesting to see Patrick Swayze in a Predator movie. (laughs) Oh, that would have been an awesome, like, when Danny Glover fights that alien at the end, like, that scene, no offense to Mr. Glover, I think he's awesome, but having Patrick Swayze just kung-fuing the shit out of a predator, 
would have <laughs> would be one of those things you just look up on YouTube in the middle of the day sometimes, like Patrick Swayze Predator fight, just to like, <laughs> Rip throw, rips its throat out, then it suddenly does the like oh. self-destruct thing. He has to fucking run. No, you know what they could have done the whole time? They could have just revealed that Patrick Swayze was hunting the Predator. The oh, shit. <laughs> like, sounds like a Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> then you go he goes into his like man cave and there's like a skeleton of like a, there's a skull of a predator a skull of like a alien and then and then another one just like brad wesley's head mounted on the wall oh, i was thinking that was the beginning chuck norris's beard <laughs> <laughs> there's just a couple just, soviet guys too like sprung oh, i know up. a super superman cape and then, <laughs> and then he roundhouse kicks space time and he slips in again <laughs> traveling through <laughs> The sways will return. That's what it says <laughs> oh, right before it goes to the credits. But yeah, no, everything about Roadhouse is just a fucking badass movie. It's I don't know. I, I will almost say it's like one of the pinnacle like action film out there. Not just like even eighties, but just of all time. I mean, it's like I don't know. I mean, if you don't like action movies, then obviously you might not like this movie. But how can you not like this movie if you love action films? You know what's not to like? Well, I feel, I feel like it, the action actually has something to do with the story which is something that you don't always is not always the case in action films i think that's what separates like good action films from not good ones like mm-hmm. you know it I, does always progress something in this movie yeah i understand why these guys have to kung fu the shit out of each other all the time which like you know doing kung fu to each other is a hard premise to sell because i don't often see that in the world that I live in now, there's a part of me that wishes I did more often. But you, you wish you were just walking down the street and all of a sudden somebody was going to sell their differences in like a big fucking martial arts battle. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you watch. I think this is why I've always like never been able to get into UFC. Is from mm-hmm. watching a bunch of martial arts movies and then you watch UFC and the way that they fight in that, it's like they look like a bunch of, like two retards fighting each other. And the only reason I say that is just because when you you watch all the stylized stuff, you just feel like. Why isn't he not fucking flipping around, fucking roundhouse kicking, you know, like grabbing that guy, oh, chucking him against the he wall? Just, yeah, Where the fuck's the Hadouken at, you know? So you, you just kind of watch these guys and, like, they fucking, like, kick each other in the shins like a couple of roosters. And you're like, this is fucking <laughs> weird. Like, this is not at all what I, when I, when I picture two people fucking fighting, this is not what I see. Well, that's what I always, oh, I just think that I'd like to see those UFC guys, like, I don't know how far society has to degenerate before we can get to this point, but like having like one professional UFC guy fight like three normal frat guys, <laughs> I think would be like a great like team, you know, like Delta oh. Omega Chi versus like John Bones Jones and just oh. like watch him wreck ship on three like regular people that don't know how to fight professionally. Oh, oh, like in their like, oh, uh, like they're like, um, uh, house nut letter letter letterman jackets and all that kind of shit oh i know they crush a keystone light before <laughs> yeah. like shotgun or something when you're saying that first i thought you're like we're like i wonder how long it has to be for the, the world to kind of deteriorate before we got our fucking thunderdome going on and we'll have two ufc guys fighting each other with chainsaws oh yeah so <laughs> I that's, thought that's what it was leading to that, i mean that's the progression like just gladiator roman society we reached that point where there's that show i mean i watched the first two or three episodes i liked what i saw and i just I had to pay for the rest of it, so I stopped watching it. Uh, in Badlands, that was like the society that were like they're in this walled-off society where there are no guns, so everybody uses martial arts. Like guns are outlawed, or all guns are destroyed, or something like that, and mm-hmm. kind of like post-apocalyptic. So maybe one day we'll reach that point, but I don't know. Maybe I mean, yeah, it's anything is possible. Trump, twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trump, Trump, Trump would be like. Every, a gun for everybody 
who is white? That would be Trump, Trump right there. <laughs> you say like Trump, like Trump. That's actually that's his real name, Trump. Oh, when his it? ancestors moved here, it was Trump. Yeah, that was. And then he changed it. I think it was John Oliver uh-huh. had a big like twenty minute special just ripping Donald Trump apart. That was really funny. Yeah, you should huh. totally. And he says like we, we made these we made these hats these red hats make Donald Trump again. <laughs> Now speaking of bad things, did anybody ever see Roadhouse Two? No, I, no, I, never I, 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 I think it's just best. It's one of those things like, if there was a time for Roadhouse Two, it was like maybe a year, two years after. Yeah, well, I mean, I read the setup for it, and it's Dalton's son mm-hmm. who is on a quest for revenge because somebody shot his dad. Which is like, firstly, no, that person's throat would have been ripped out. One. Secondly, we know Dalton kind of, even though he gets shot, he fucking takes down guns like Batman. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if a, if a bullet was to strike Dalton, it would like just swerve out of the way from fear. He would say, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, exactly. And I just, it's like, I always hate when they, every once in a while, you can kind of get away with it. In most cases where you open up on the sequel, oh, you know the main character or the main character's love interest from the first one? Fucking dead. Yeah, couldn't afford him or we needed, you know, another love interest thing to progress the story. And or I know she's, that those... she's older than 24 now, so <laughs> done. <laughs> like, get her out of here. And I know that sometimes those kind of things, like, I know this is sort of how it happens, because I think originally they wanted to have a sequel with Patrick Swayze and everything, and then it just never came along. And I think what, it gets to this point where somebody's like, well, fuck, we got the rights to it. We've been spending fucking money on this. We got to at least make something so we can at least get some of our money back. Yeah. And they go, fuck, we can't get anybody else. We, I don't want to spend a whole lot of money. And, like, I kind of can see where it comes from, where, like, sometimes we're a bad, like, sequel's kind of made. It's almost like it has to sort of be made by this point because by trying to make a good sequel, they ended up spending too much money and too much time getting it done that now you got to make up for that loss. And they're like, fuck it. Write a story. Apparently, says Patrick Swayze's not going to be in it. He's fucking dead. His son's there now. Where'd he get his son from? God knows. Who cares? <laughs> now he's going to fucking take over bars, you know? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, where do you progress the story from? Like, do, is he still, like, cleaning up bars and being a cooler? I mean, I don't know what his job would be. Like, him and the doctor are just going to be super happy, and, like, he's just going to work at the Double Deuce forever. Like, maybe. Because um, I feel he retires. by Like, realistically, at the end of the movie, my kind of ending I see is that that's the last time he ever defends a bar. And that's now what, he, yeah, goes on, he almost goes on, exactly. like, a spiritual quest. Like, I, I could see him literally moving to another country Mm-hmm. And literally living out there, like maybe even you know or training, maybe martial arts. Banks. Yeah, or it's Point Break because yeah. next thing you know, the real police show the town. They're like, "Holy <laughs> fuck! Look how many people are dead here." <laughs> I know. He's... We got to put the blame on somebody. That uh, Dalton guy, or he's just hunting predators now. Oh yeah, yeah or he's hunting predators and like hunting the predators. Yeah, mm. taking your idea. Yeah, uh, no, I like that. Our yeah, he could. He just seems like one of those guys that can do anything. I, w- I was just reading about this cat who's like, who is a very Dalton-esque character. He was like a fly fishing guide who then like met some dude fly fishing and the guy was immediately like, you need to come to New York and work for my financial firm. And the guy's like, well, I never worked for a financial services firm. Like went, did that, was super successful at it. Like went and like started a hotel and now he's like fly fishing in like the Amazon slash wrestling alligators too. And I'm just like, <laughs> like where, that's what you call the American dream. Yeah, I'm like, this dude just, is, he just crushes it. That's what, and like, he's very, that's a Dalton-esque in a way. It's like, what made you want to go wrestle an alligator? I'm like, well, you know, I saw that Crocodile Hunter show. I'm like, I could probably do that. Oh, exactly. Well, it's like that quote, like, why did you climb Mount Everest? Because it was there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it dared me to climb it. 
Shit wasn't gonna climb itself. I know that alligator insulted me with its existence. <laughs> <laughs> now there's always that thing where somebody's got to do that fucking job. Whether or not it needs to be done, that's a different story. I know, yeah. The idea of a sequel, I don't know. It's like even like like that Ronda Rousey one. I I I don't know. That might not happen because I know she's kind of just slapping her name out there on everything known to mankind because she just doesn't want to be forgotten. Probably I think she's Pete, like Freddy Krueger. If we forget about her, she just will disappear, and she's like she knows she's Freddy Krueger. So she, probably, I doubt that she asked to be in it. I bet someone asked her, "Hey, you want to be Roadhouse remake?" Sure. That's probably all that happened. Well, I don't know because she keeps doing off a bunch of other movies where she keeps like trying to like set herself up for it. Like, hey, hey, don't you want me to be Miss Marvel? And everybody's like, no. <laughs> hey, hey, can I be in this movie? No, we don't want you in that one either. You know, and I think by this point, people have finally gone, you know. You're kind of that person who, yeah, you you know, you might have the spotlight for a bit, and you, if there was a period where you were this kind of good character, but now everybody sees that you're pretty flawed and not even a good actress, so we don't know if we want you anymore. I'm not saying that it can't be made, but I think that that kind of happened, because at first she was this kind of, like, icon, and then she started having all these problems and stuff, and now it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe we don't want this person to be our icon anymore. Aside from a bad actress, what'd she do? Uh, well, she just kind of started going on all kinds of things, like, I'm going to kill myself, because I lost, because I'm such a loser, and all these things like that. Oh, and she just she does all these publicity stunts. Oh, where, I don't know about that. Yeah, she's just like she's really just you just realize that she's just really this horrible person who can't take a loss, who can't do a lot of things. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah. nobody, but nobody wins a fight anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she, she should she understand. She clearly doesn't know this. Yeah. So why should be she be Patrick Swayze? Yeah, you've never won a fight because <laughs> nobody wins a fight, Ronda Rousey. And it's that thing, it's like, I know that, like, it's probably, I bet you any, something happened where somebody was like, hey, we're coming out with a female Ghostbusters movie? What else can we shove a female in? It's like, how about a, a female original movie? That's fucking stupid. Let's take something that people already know and then put a female in there. Like Roadhouse. <laughs> I think, I, I think here's the thing with both those. I think you could do a lady version of Roadhouse and a lady version of Ghostbusters. The thing is... Just don't go, just don't, like, just let that be part of it. Don't make that be your memo. Don't let that be the, the mission statement. Like, what's this? Lady version. Just say, oh, it just happens to have a lady. And yeah, that kind of does make it, it seems a little bit cheaper when they're just like, oh, we're just doing it. Like, I mean, I really, I don't think there's enough women in roles in Hollywood. And I don't think there's enough complex female characters. But I think, like, yeah, like you're saying, kind of taking advantage of people's hunger and like thirst to see more female like lead actresses mm -hmm. and just trying to get into like your kind of like your scheme to make money on a movie kind of sucks because if the new ghostbusters the new ghostbusters is a is is a remake they're saying reboot whatever it, it's a remake and if it was just like a continuation and this just happened to be an all-lady team that's cool but just the fact of the trailer both trailers do not look funny and it well, it's doesn't because they, they took the comedy pretty much out of the second trailer they're like yeah let's just We'll, we'll throw a couple light, light jokes in there, but, you know. But I think it is that kind of thing. It's, that, that's, to me, it was kind of, it's the same thing when they do that thing where it's like, okay, we need to get a black guy in here. Well, let's just take something that everybody loves and just switch him to a black guy. Boom, black guy in. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Make a character for him. Don't just, like, half, that's like half-assing it. And I think the Ghostbusters would have been cooler. Make that like their daughters. And they get together now, and now they're fighting fucking ghosts off. That would have been way... That would have been a much better story, and then it could technically still be Ghostbusters 3 and all that kind of mm, stuff. And it's almost yeah. like the Roadhouse, too. It's like and Then one of the daughters could also be in love with Bill Murray, and it's <laughs> like just a totally organic and beautiful thing for Bill Murray to come back into the movie. <laughs> exactly. This, 
it's like some banging 20 something just coming in just like you know bill murray well actually bill murray i get i get bill murray but like yeah, bill murray's just so cool it like blows my mind i can't handle it <laughs> but uh but anybody else though that i just feel like very awkward and weird but like yeah bill murray i get it but um yeah it makes sense but yeah. it is that sort of thing where i think also like that the ghostbusters it was another one of those ones where that forever they tried making a third one probably spent too much time and money doing it and it's like fuck it we got another idea Throw some ladies in there and do a remake. Yeah, I think that, like, like I like I said earlier, I just think it. it who knows? Maybe it will be good. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think it's be the worst thing in the world. Just like the the, the Roadhouse remake, if it ever happens, probably won't be the worst thing in the world. Just probably will be pretty forgettable. Um, I It'll think be like the, Roadhouse too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that you know, like I said, I'm all for like Lady Ghostbusters. I just think the trailer itself doesn't look funny. That's all it is. But who knows? Maybe the movie might be good. And who knows? Maybe if they do do a Roadhouse remake, like they're saying with Ronda Rousey. I mean, first off, I think pick someone who can act. But if they do want to get a lady version, I think that works. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Well, I just think make, if just you get the good, right just, person, just have a, just have a, something that matches the philosophy and have act, awesome action. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you need. Because Road, I will say, as much as I love Roadhouse, that is a movie that, like, by this point, I could see a remake of it. You know, it's been almost uh, getting close to thirty years. You know. Um, it's one of those ones like you know a remake never ever affects the original one that's the whole yeah. point is like the integrity of that one's always going to be there and it's that's probably one that's like it's a concept it's such a cool idea anyways that like why not you know what i mean you could do that and yeah you could have a you know doesn't have to have bad blues rock in it but you could have some other kind of cool band in there you can have it take place in some other part of like the world or anywhere you know th- there's a lot of possibility just by taking the core concept of that story in a sense the western and then just trying it somewhere else. Well, I mean, I mean, Roadhouse works really well as like an '80s contemporary film. Like The Rock works really well, like cassette tapes and mullets and muscles and kind of like the fight scenes are like you know they're good fight scenes, but they're very eighty. They feel very '80s, kind of like early '90s fight scenes. Um, they're kind of fun. Uh, I would be interested to see if they kept the contemporary feel with like the newest one, like with the music all you know everybody be doing spotify and listening to hip-hop music and then i would cringe to see like really gritty fight scenes you know what i mean that just doesn't have a place in a roadhouse movie to me well that'd be like kind of like um perfect example of something that was like that was the fucking um um footloose 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 was exactly where like you take that but then you throw some modern like country rap crap stuff in there and it's like fuck you And it gets to that point. It's like, I'm not saying anything against maybe, maybe the movie itself is fine, but it is that kind of point. You're like, well, clearly you're going to just, uh, that is literally shooting for like your 15 year old audience that could care less about the eighties one. Mm-hmm. If they did it serious where they said, okay, we're going to do roadhouse. We're still going to keep the movie fun. Like I think sometimes some of the downfalls of some of the remakes they do of movies is when they try to make them too serious. Like they did, they, they did that problem in the two thousands with a lot of films. We're like, well, let's just do it as fucking serious as possible. And sometimes that works out, and sometimes it's like, well, it's almost missing the fun factor. So I think if you keep the fun factor in there, and you make it, and you kind of give it almost like the way that Expendables has. Because to me, that's what makes Expendables such good films, is for the mm-hmm. fact that you have a great time watching all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not only is there badass action, but you're laughing, the characters are enjoyable, the places they're going is cool. You need that kind of in your movie. So I think if you keep that, and just have it take place, you know, take place nowadays... And then, um, you know, from that point, you can change whether you want it to be a lady, a guy, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just don't let don't let Zack Snyder do it. Just Roadhouse, just dark, 
sinister. Or is that Patrick, Patrick Swayze actually kills everybody. He's not even worried about it. <laughs> Just throat ripping everybody oh, he comes across. That's the Snyder version. Is he's he's upset about the guy he didn't kill. <laughs> <laughs> the one that got away oh, from his fist. <laughs> oh no. But well, that's probably a good place to leave off at. All kinds of good things. So make sure to check out Roadhouse. If you've never seen it before, I'll put a link there in the description so you can go to Amazon and help support the podcast and it won't cost you any extra. (laughs) But there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. You guys tired? I'll go get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. Brian's got something to say really quickly. I also want to give a shout out to uh, the Bruvs. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Maybe it's Bruvs. I'm pretty sure it's Bruvs. They're this um, web series on YouTube. It's basically these two brothers who just got out of the joint. They're British criminals trying to go straight. And it's just kind of like a series of these guys just trying to fit into everyday life, but just failing miserably or just like making a scene of it. You know, like there's a part where they're trying to tell this kid not to swear and they just lean in like, look, Billy, you don't say poo. You say shit, you say dick, but you don't ever say poo. You know, it's just it's 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 like it's funnier if you see it. But yeah, it's they dark start, and funny. But yeah, like I don't know if they I don't know if they saw like our wallaby and just saw like, hey, look at there's two other British blokes because we get confused a lot of times for that. But <laughs> people think we're British because they see the wallaby cartoon. They think we're British or they think we're Irish. Oh. I remember like when that film festival asked that you know when I sent the uh, wallaby there, they're all oh so you know how long have you guys been in America? Uh, <laughs> lives, you know. Oh. <laughs> Well, we are of Irish descent. Oh, well, that's okay. Then that's good enough. But it's like, it's like, well, that's cool. We confuse actual Irish people. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so like, um, yeah. The, we, I started. I talked to those guys on uh, on Twitter a little bit ago. They started following. They're really, they're really cool. So yeah, check out the Bruvs, spelled B R U V S. It's got really cool animation too. So mm-hmm. not only is it funny, they got some really good animation. The art gallery one is probably my favorite, or the dentist one. Like, I'm scared of needles, so just beat me until I go <laughs> senseless. You know? uh, yeah, I'm going to go check that out. I yeah, they're really know. funny. But um, other than that, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. You asked? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I've always. I didn't know I got to sign off, too. You do. Oh, and, I, and I, I'm Wes Winton. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, folks. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. If you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. It won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks again, and tune in next week for more Old Man Orange Podcast.